This is Talkin' Mule Deer with your hosts, Steve Belinda and Jody Stemmler. Talkin' Mule Deer takes you on a journey to learn more about the Mule Deer Foundation, Mule Deer and Blacktail Deer Biology and Management, tips and tactics for hunting, conservation issues, and even features some of our corporate and celebrity partners. Now, let's start talking Mule Deer. Hey, we're talking Mule Deer from the 2019 Western Hunting and Conservation Expo. This is Jody Stemmler. And I'm Steve Belinda, Jody's co-host, and today we're going to be talking California. We've got uh, two Mule Deer Foundation employees here. One new, one old, very old. Very old, very great. And we're going to be talking about what's going on in California. We have Kevin Zeman, uh, who's uh, MDF's stewardship coordinator for the West Coast. And you may recognize Kevin because Kevin came to us from the Forest Service, which we're going to get in. But we did talk to Kevin last year as well. So thank you, Kevin, for being on with us. Thanks for having me. And we also have Randy Morrison, the, the famous Randy Morrison, who is MDF field director for California and one of the senior directors for MDF. Welcome, Randy. Welcome, Randy. Well, thank you very much for having me. So, California, what's going on, guys? I saw it burned up last year. Um, Again. Again. Yeah, before we jump into that, you know, Kevin, last time we talked to you, you were with the U.S. Forest Service doing stewardship and coordination with MDF. Um, now you're an employee, and it seems like it happened at a good time for you. Yeah, and remind yeah. us a little again about what the stewardship part is, uh, you know, what you're doing. Yeah, so I uh, made a leap of faith after 13 years with the U.S. Forest Service, jumped over to the Mule Deer Foundation. Very excited to be uh, a new employee with Mule Deer Foundation uh, with everything we're doing with stewardship, jumping on board. Um, so with stewardship agreements, you know, we're going out on the ground. We're using uh, federal money. We're using match money from either state. Kevin, can I stop you right yes. there? Stewardship. Yeah. Habitat projects, right? Habitat. Things that give us the ability to make habitat better, right? Absolutely. Habitat restoration. We have a focus on um, you know, helping with those large catastrophic fires with fuel breaks. We also have an emphasis on doing uh, light thinning, mastication on the ground where they actually chew the trees up and, and uh, helps, helps kind of create those um, op- natural openings that mule deer absolutely love. So we're okay, I just wanted to be clear. Some of our listeners may not make that link between stewardship and habitat work, so I just wanted Ab- to be clear. Absolutely, so. and you know, there's there's a big cost to doing that type of work out there, and, and just doing a couple acres here and there, it doesn't really cut the mustard. So we want that random act of kindness yeah. that we are trying to get away from. Now. It, yeah, exactly. And so what we're doing, especially here in California, me and Randy here, we're we're trying to get more acres done of that of that important restoration effort that we're doing out there, and and uh, so we're really excited. I'm really excited to join the team bring some uh, some state dollars we got a lot of uh, California state dollars we're bringing to the table we got a lot of forest service dollars that the region and the the local districts are bringing to the table so we can increase that pace and scale that is a big uh, phrase we like to use with the forest service and mule deer foundation so we can do more work on the ground well and this is this is the concept of active habitat management active forest management where where you're not just leaving things there's a lot of folks that say, well, we'll just leave it. Nature will take its course. Well, nature has been taking its course, right? And, and that's been the problem, right. quite frankly, is that, that we have left it alone for so long that our forests are overgrown, overthick, decadent, and with very little food value for our wildlife. By decadent, you mean that's that's an actual technical term, meaning that they're oh, yeah. overgrown. They're no longer. They don't have the nutritional value anymore. They don't have the nutritional any, value anymore. to the wildlife that they did when they were young and yeah. vigorous. These are trees that do best with some degree. They're of ones a that are in hospice care, waiting to <laughs> die. It, yep. Actually, that's correct. Um, f- from the the standpoint of a of an undulate on the ground, undulate meaning four-legged critter who can't fly. <laughs> Uh, 
an overgrown forest or an old growth forest literally might as well be a paved parking lot. There's nothing on the ground for them other than thermal cover from either heat or cold, which is important, but they only need a small amount of their habitat to be that old growth or late succession as it's called habitat. Uh, and the, the key focus of our stewardship projects now are to set back succession in many of these areas where our forests are overgrown to try and slow the advance of these wildfires that have just become catastrophic. Uh, fire is our friend, but catastrophic fire is not yeah. in most so, of our So by doing habitats. that, you're, letting, um, you're taking competition away for nutrients and, and water. Correct. You're letting sunlight hit the forest floor so the lower level vegetation can flourish. That's our food. That's exactly right. And That's then exactly right. You're, you're creating a thinner forest that doesn't burn so hot. That doesn't burn so hot or burn so big. The yeah. reason our fires have been so large is because we've had vast tracts of overloaded fuel Lots in our fuel. forests and once they get going you literally cannot stop them all you can do is get out of their way so how much of that was the decline in the timber and lumber industry from world competition and overforesting in the and how much of that is just california regulation that's getting in the way well it's it's both uh some of it is california regulation but quite frankly probably the biggest thing uh, and th this is this is uh, contrary to what an awful lot of people in America believe. The Smokey the Bear initiative was, quite frankly, probably the worst thing that ever happened to yeah. forage man forest management because it was prevent fire, prevent all fire, yeah. stop fire. All fire is bad. Put fire it out. is bad. And fire is critical in most of our habitats throughout the West. Fire has to happen on a regular basis in for in order for those forests to remain healthy. So maybe we need to bring that Marshall the Mule Deer character in and start talking about there good fire. Go. Exactly. And we get Marshall Johnson to, to, to voice over that guy. So that, down in the southeast they have Burner Bob, yeah. a, a Bob White quail costume to talk about how, you know, exactly. burning the undergrowth exactly. and the low-level prescribed burns is actually good for your habitat. The, it is, and a lot of our partners, our BLM and Forest Service, are actually putting that into our, our stewardship or any of our partnership agreements is to actually get that burning process done through prescribed burning or whatever means, pile burning if we need to pile yep, up the stuff. And, then burning um, the and they're even asking the partners themselves, hey, could you come to the table and bring some people to do that burning? we don't have enough staff to do that and we'd love to do that so we can get that, that well and, and last year congress addressed the wildfire emergency wildfire issue from the forest service making it a natural disaster like hurricanes tornadoes floods so that we don't have to use all of the forest services program money to fight the yearly fires and i think we're going to see a change maybe in some more proactive forestry and habitat management because they're going to have the resources to do it. I, yeah. Absolutely. The, with, with the fire borrowing fix, uh, if, if that truly comes to pass as, it has, as it's been designed to do, and all of the prevention money currently is being borrowed to fight fires because they're so large and so expensive, uh, there has been a, a fix put into place for that this year. Hopefully that will take effect and be real rather than uh, well the appropriate bills are just went through so i think you know i haven't looked this week but 
because the shutdown was averted. We got an interior and agriculture bill, so I do think that that money is probably out there in that emergency firefighting. Fund, That's going to so. make a big difference. Yeah. And That's going to help. There's a, there's another big thing that I'd, I'd really like to talk about and give California a really big shout-out for, and it's the California, California Climate Initiative. It is a grant that was put out there. We, they just finished their Phase 2 uh, process of, of going out with this grant, and it's a, hundreds of millions of dollars. And the Mule Deer Foundation specifically has been able to take advantage of a couple million dollars to get some work done up on the uh, plumas we're hoping to do a big but kevin is that state plumas. money that is state money okay. yes and it's it's all about carbon sequestration and and how when you have you know when you reduce the the impact of large catastrophic fires how it's worth doing this restoration ahead of time to potentially stop or slow these larger fires so we're taking advantage of that to do some of this habitat restoration and it can be millions of dollars because with these stewardship agreements we need a match uh, as a mule deer foundation and it cannot be from the federal side so it has to come from another source so when the states come in me and randy have been very proactive about the big game management um, grant that's inside of, of california we've definitely taken advantage of it with the mule deer foundation to do some work those have a, a cap limit around a million, maybe a million four. When you have these grants out there for hundreds of millions of dollars, you have a lot of groups going after this dollars and they say, hey, we need some help. How are we gonna get all this work done? And we can raise our hands as Mule Deer Foundation say, hey, we wanna come out there helping this really prime area where there's really good mule deer habitat and we're seeing an issue with over, uh, over fuel loading or you know needing some mastication done on the ground or even the lower land areas, the BLM, where there's juniper problems, we want to, you know, work on some uh, fuel reductions inside of the the juniper, increase grasses, forbs, um, all kinds of uh, opportunities out there with this grant, and we're going to take full advantage of it. And so I, I do give them a shout out for well, doing and, that. Well, and and that volunteer, um, as a reminder, that becomes what's called in kind. So that the hours that Mule Deer Foundation chapter volunteers do on the ground is in lieu of money you, you can bet. you, you quantify the number of people that are there the amount of hours they work and it's counted as an in-kind match so that's not money that the mule deer foundation or other groups have to put up it's volunteer hours so every person you're getting on the landscape makes a, that much more difference in these projects one of the other key things about the stewardship program in california is that for years the way that the mule deer foundation has been set up a portion of the fundraising the net um money that is raised at our local chapter level, a portion of that goes to chapter rewards where the chapter can uh, decide on a project to help fund. For the history of the Mulder Foundation, what we have done is gone to the generally federal agencies, BLM or the Forest Service, and say, we have a few thousand dollars here. We would like to help you do a project, help fund your project. What would happen then is they would give us a proposal and say, we've got a $50,000 project. We'd like to ask you for $5,000 to help us do that project. Our chapter rewards from our local chapters have gone to help with that project. That is certainly of benefit to deer, uh, certainly of benefit to the people who attend our banquets to see that we do you know, what is happening with our fundraising. But with our stewardship program, we can now leverage those chapter rewards dollars into something far greater because where we need a match in most of our these grants that we do, much of our stewardship projects uh, require a, a match of some sort, we can pool our chapter rewards dollars, use those as a match into a much larger 
grant or project Ooh, yeah. that then those dollars can, you know, we can take $5,000 now and turn it into, add it with three or, f three or four different chapters and turn it into a million dollar project that yeah. might affect a thousand acres. So the benefit of that is, is you're not postage stamping a small $5,000 project. Exactly. But you're working on something much bigger. Yes. And it's all working towards a common goal of watershed restoration, habitat improvement, mule deer uh, enhancement. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So our chapters actually are, are a, a, have a lot more power than they used to in terms of uh, getting bigger things done. So do your volunteers respond by getting out on the ground with these projects when you present it in this new aid? Absolutely they do. Uh, unfortunately in California, a lot of the places where we have large chapters are places where we have very little public ground. And it is several hours to get yeah. to the public ground. So many of our chapters are really, truly uh, fundraising um, oriented. Correct. Yeah. You know, they're, they're a tool to raise funds to do work elsewhere. Yeah. In the well, areas. I mean, it gives you an opportunity to maybe do a weekend, a camp weekend, yes. and, and right. do we some bonding or, stuff. Yeah, you're absolutely Randy, right. You've talked about doing that. I'm doing yeah. that exactly yeah. as, a, as a kind of a retreat slash project. Maybe a campfire, yep. a little beer. Yeah, that's right. Well, Guitar and come out. And all those guys <laughs> in, in, in the, those more urban areas, that's where they're going absolutely. to hunt. That's, absolutely. That's where they that's need where to go. Going. So they, they're passionate about it as well. It may be a little bit farther commitment. But they, they, they know yes. those areas. Yeah. That's where they go and, and, and recreate. And typically, hunt. in our, our areas where we have rural chapters, our volunteers there spend a great deal of time out in the woods working on yeah. Forest Service or BLM projects on weekends, cutting trees, burning brush, etc. Yeah. So, but Randy, 2018. Yes. I saw the project. Fact sheet flash up behind us. What was your... How much did you spend? Drum roll. We spent $1.2 million in on-the-ground projects in the state of California uh, in 2018, which is probably as much money as we have spent in the last 10 years. And wow. you, were tell you were telling me yesterday that that's three to four times what you brought in we from net. the fundraising. Yes. It's, so it's over three times the amount of money that we net in the state in fundraising. So... Uh, for anyone who has the misconception that uh, you know money is raised in this or that state and it all goes to headquarters in Utah, that's not the case. We mm -hmm. actually got back threefold what we net. So, and, and that number is only going to expand. We, it is. We worked and hard in the state this this last year to 2019. We've got projects on board that could potentially double that for for 2019. Potential work we get very done. very real possibility. And Kevin, you're working on multiple new agreements right now. Yeah. I, what's I, you said? Upwards to possibly 10 million dollars might be coming towards the MDF to put on the ground through your new stewardship projects. Tell us a little about where those are at and what type of projects those are going to be. Yeah, that sounds good. So the first, I'll give a shout out again back to Randy here. It's the Jawbone Project. We were successful in securing the Jawbone. Yes, it's okay. Jawbone Ridge. It's in uh, so outside of Sonora, California. And uh, one of those really good in kind where we have volunteers, the local chapter there, Bill Youngman. He's going out. He's going to help us implement that project. So that's about $350,000, $400,000 that we're hoping to, to get on the books this year and, and get done. Then there's some real excitement going on up north. So the Plumas National Force, we met with them last last 
last year. And uh, so for us, non-California, yeah. uh, Plumas is northern north Northeast. half. What's Nor the nearest big city that we would recognize? <laughs> uh, Honestly, the nearest big city would be Reno, but the oh, biggest okay. city in California would be Susanville. Yeah. Northeast, okay, so it's that yeah. north northeast corner yes. there. Yeah. So this section is just south of Susanville. It's on an X zone, so it's one of those limited hunt zones, which is really cool. Um, and it's going to be between five and ten thousand acres of, of of work in there. Some of it's going to be uh, biomass, where we're going to actually take the small smaller trees and uh, and bring them to a landing. And they get to a landing, they grind it up, put it on chip bands, and send it down the road. And they're going to create energy out of that. How cool is that? That's we're right. They have that out. hog fuel plant, in yes. Susanville. Yes. Yes. Honey, Honey Lake Power. There's there's an avenue for us to put it there, which we're really excited about. That again, good partners, uh, sub partners that are helping us get that done. Um, so there there's an probably going to be between five and seven million dollars of work that we're going to have to that we're going to be helping with out there again very excited about that uh, we're also looking at doing some blacktail uh, work uh, over on the northwestern side of the state we're really excited about expanding into blacktail so blacktail deer in yet. california northern california coastal range typically from about san jose north to the oregon border west of Interstate 5, which kind of goes down the middle of the state, uh, that's Colombian blacktail yeah. territory. And uh, much of the southern range of the Colombian blacktail is private ground, but in the, the northern area of our blacktail is primarily uh, public ground, for national forest ground, and used to be very large timber production ground, not so much anymore. Uh, they used to call it the Deer Factory of California, mm. and now it is a sea of, of mature trees. So it's an area that is in desperate need. Uh, we've raised tens of thousands of deer there historically. Uh, and it, it is in desperate need of help. And that could be multi-agency. We could have some BLM. There's some BLM down there, there as well. So we may have some Forest Service BLM. That's why I love my new job is I don't have to just work <laughs> with one in agency. I get to expand all over the place. I could go do something on the Forest Service, do something on BLM, help some state land. It's going to be really exciting. So, yep. so um, I know, Kevin, I told you this in the meeting the other day, our agency meeting, but I, Randy, I don't know if you know this, in the 2018 Farm Bill, the Mule Deer Foundation uh, and many of its conservation partners worked to get the sage grouse and mule deer Habitat Enhancement Act included into the Farm Bill. Correct. It was included. It now is law. And uh, <laughs> that's not you. It's not me today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're laughing because yesterday Randy was using the PA system when we were... Uh, recording podcast. And he so didn't understand why we were frustrated at <laughs> him talking over. So now that he's nonsense? actually on the microphone, he'll understand. <laughs> yeah, That's so right. section 8611 of the forestry title of the Farm Bill is the Sage Grouse and Mule Deer Conservation Act. It now gives us the ability to use a categorical exclusion underneath the National Environmental Policy Act law for those projects that are known benefits to mule deer and sage grouse habitat. So those things we're already doing out there, up to 4,500 acres. So it's going to give us the ability oh, wow. to streamline some of the administrative process. Still working with the Forest Service and BLM, still working with the not trying to go around anything, but maybe get projects out on the ground faster. And the other thing that it's going to do, it's going to set up a monitoring and maintenance 
program 20 years for those projects so that we can monitor the effectiveness and go back in at later time to maintain the habitat structure that we created through these projects. That is, that is incredibly important uh, because that has been the one part with habitat restoration that, in my opinion, has been lacking historically is we would go in and do projects then we would leave and move on to the next yeah. one and never really know five years, ten years down the line how much effect that project really had. Did yeah. it make a difference? Could we have done it better? Some, some projects have had a, a, a wonderful monitoring and maintenance uh, plan, but many have not in the past. So I think that that's, that is really going to help us upgrade the type of projects we do in the future. Yeah, and, and for those of you folks listening, Miles Moretti, the president and CEO of the Mule Deer Foundation, was the instrumental person on getting that through. Yeah, and uh, we, we needed, you know, we if you see him, him. No <laughs> thank him yes. for that. That so. is a, what do we call it, a game changer, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And then there, there is another aspect that you brought to forth, and that is there is whenever there's a product in the Forest Service or the BLM, we got to pay for that product to get it removed. And this is going to uh, help the Mule Deer Foundation remove that quote-unquote product because we can now say it's got the value is not necessarily the wood itself the value is the restoration right. and so where we would have to pay a little bit here a little bit there to get this out it's it's more focused towards getting it removed getting it out of there which helps us because that can actually hinder a project when we have uh, some timber out there that doesn't have a lot of value now we got to go find someone try to get some value off of it if we can just subsidize that with grants and not have to worry about that product itself I think that really is another one of those game changers where we're now we focus on the restoration, we get that work done, and not have that side entity that, that could slow us down. Yeah, so the provision also allows us to use any product taken off underneath this new tool to as a biofuel if you can sell it. There's no prohibition that typically would exist against using that product. So you can recoup your costs, and, and a group like the Mule Deer Foundation always dumps any money back into that project or back into the absolutely. agency or back into new projects. So. That, th and that is absolutely key. You're correct. Yeah. That is very key in that any product value that there is from either biomass or from timber harvest, uh, none of that money is money that the Mule Deer Foundation keeps. That just means we can do more acres because yeah. we now have more money to do Yeah, more most acres. of the rules are it's a, it's a zero-sum game. Correct. Yes. You can pay yourself back for what you spent to do exactly. it, and then the agency gets the rest of the money, or you go do more acres or do another project. Right, so. right. So um, if there's any Forest Service or BLM or state fishing game, or even any private foresters and rangeland managers, wildlife biologists out there, um, if you're looking for maybe a new tool, uh, talk to your line officers, reach out and see if this new tool, Section 8611, and the categorical exclusion that's going to be written by the federal agencies for this is, is something you can apply. And, uh, you know, when in doubt, pick up the phone or send an email to the Mule Deer Fund, to Kevin or myself or, or anyone, and we'll, we'll try to help you through some of this stuff. Well, and... and I know we're focused on California, but stewardship projects are growing a lot. And if I, Kevin, you told me earlier this week that the podcast we did where we were talking about stewardship last year, you had people reach out to you from different states say, hey, is this something that I could do? Absolutely. So so what can they do um, to, to, to get more information or, or how can we help continue to let this grow? Yeah, thanks. And, and you know, I'm, I'm working in Oregon, Washington, Montana, uh, helping Stan Baker here in Utah and Colorado, uh, New Mexico, Arizona, we're everywhere. But to reach out, you know, send me an email. Kevin, 
Kevin at MuleDeer.org is a really good way to get a hold of me. I'd be happy to answer some emails. Um, we're Again, we're excited. I'd, I would also like to accent any Mule Deer Foundation um, volunteers out there. Go to your local chapters. Tell them you're interested in projects. Tell them you're interested in doing some work on the ground to help stewardship, any other kind of partnerships you have on the ground. We'd love to have you. I'm excited to be here. So, Randy, going to come back to you. Your chapters, how are they doing? Very well. Very well. Our chapters in, in general are doing very well. Uh, we had the best fundraising year uh, in the history of the Mueller Foundation in California. And that's, uh, that's pretty in incredible. I'm, I'm looking forward to 2019 and think that we may do more this year than we did last year. And that's really very exciting. The Mueller Foundation is, is, is on the rise in California. Our stock is increasing. The Department of Fish and Wildlife is, is now often calling us for our opinion uh, which on, on various issues, which is uh, 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 we've come a long way. Refreshing. I haven't looked going, into map lately. Farther. Do you have any chapters in like L.A., San Diego, San Francisco, those bigger uh, metropolitan areas? Interestingly all? enough, uh, I have a chapter in San Jose, which is... That's a suburb of... Suburb, if you will, yeah, of San Francisco. San Francisco. It's actually larger than San Francisco yeah, now. Yeah, that's by Silicon Valley. Though, Correct. Yeah. That, is, that is Silicon Valley. Yeah. And we just recently started a chapter, our first Southern California chapter. We started a chapter in San Diego, and hmm. they are going to be doing their first fundraising event uh, this August. Uh, so it's really our first... Southern California chapter, and I'm really. Well, you know, maybe I'm going to have to come down and, and talk but turkey that's with what you. everybody. Uh, and, uh, you know, we can go out on a tuna boat uh, and uh, talk a little business here. I was yeah. thinking we need to do a stewardship agreement because then I can go up there, maybe masticate some of that uh, small material they have. And then I we go masticate to the beach. some sushi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And spend the nights on the beach. That'd be kind of cool. Nice. Yeah. All right, guys. We've really enjoyed having you on the table today. Thank you well, so much for all the hard guys. work. I thank mean, it's just remarkable much, yeah. to see everything that's growing and growing and changing in California and the opportunities we're having, not just in California, but otherwise in stewardship as well. So thank you for your time today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah, thank thanks, you very guys. much for the opportunity. Kevin, welcome aboard. We're, we're, we're lucky to have you. And, Glad you know, Randy, here. you're the old, uh, the old, the old gray beard that teaches yeah. the rest of us how to get things done. So <laughs> Tenth year. But, you know, their beards almost match, so, Kevin, you, 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 you <laughs> might catch up, right? I need a little more gray, and I'll be there. <laughs> Until next time, this is Jody Stemler. And I'm Steve Belinda. Thank you for talking Mule Deer. Thanks for talking Mule Deer with Steve Belinda and Jody Stemler. The Mule Deer Foundation is the only conservation group in North America dedicated to restoring, improving, and protecting mule deer and black-tailed deer and their habitat. MDF is a strong voice for hunters in access, wildlife management, and conservation policy issues. To find out more, visit www.muledeer.org and stay tuned for the next episode of Talkin' Mule Deer.